Hello and welcome. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Heather Hample. Heather is a cancer genetic counselor and a faculty member in the Division of Human Genetics here at the James. Welcome back to the podcast, Heather. Thanks for having me again, Steve. It's great to have you. You're an excellent guest and are able to really explain some complicated things in simple English, which we really appreciate. On our last podcast with Heather, we talked about genes and genetic mutations that can lead to cancer and the importance of genetic counseling, especially for cancer and how it's such a growing field that's really helping people identify cancers early and saving lives. And today, Heather's going to tell us all about the Ohio Colorectal Cancer Preventative Initiative, which is a mouthful. We're going to call it the OCCPI, which is also hard to say if you say it fast, but <laughs> a little easier. And this is a pretty unique statewide project of the James that's funded by Pelotonia, and it's saving lives here in Ohio and could really become a national model. Heather, Heather has been already speaking around the country and around the world about what's going on here in Ohio, and people are really interested. So, Heather, give us a little background on the idea for the OCCPI and and how you implemented and and did it. Yeah, we um, you know we had done some work on Lynch syndrome here in Columbus, Ohio, from 1999 to 2005. That was with my mentor Albert De La Chapelle, and we had a grant from the National Cancer Institute to even show if it was feasible to screen every newly diagnosed colon cancer patient for Lynch syndrome at the time of diagnosis, um, let alone how common we might find Lynch syndrome to be among newly diagnosed colon cancer patients. And that study was very successful, enrolled about 1,500 patients, um, proved that around 3% of colon cancers were due to Lynch syndrome. And over time, um, subsequent studies showed that it was cost-effective to introduce this screening test. Um, Multiple professional organizations recommended that every single colon cancer patient get the screening test at the time of diagnosis. But sadly, a study around 2012 found that in community hospitals, only about 15 to 36 percent of them were doing the screening test for their colon cancer patients. So we realized there was this big disconnect where um, patients weren't, you know, we knew this was the right thing to do. We knew it was cost effective. It had been recommended, but it wasn't getting done at the smaller hospitals. And it, it probably was because they didn't have any cancer genetic counselors on staff to interpret the results, to work with the families who screened positive or more likely to have Lynch syndrome and to order the gene testing. Before we go ahead and talk about how you turn this local screening program for Lynch syndrome into a statewide screening program, what is Lynch syndrome and why is it important to figure out if someone has it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So Lynch syndrome turns out to be the most common form of inherited colon cancer. So these individuals are at much higher risk for getting colon cancer, rectal cancer, uh, uterine cancer, which is also sometimes called endometrial cancer, ovarian, stomach, and many other cancers during their lifetime. And this Um, is an inherited genetic mutation that... So you can you, get from your mother or father. That's right. And and if you've gotten it from your mother or father, then half of your brothers or sisters will have it as well, and half of your children will have it because it gets inherited in a 50-50 dominant pattern. So finding out that somebody has this is really important, not only for the patient, because they will have high risk for getting second cancers and third cancers during their lifetimes, which we can prevent. By screening. By screening. Okay. But also, we are increasingly finding that there are different ways to treat patients with Lynch syndrome. 
syndrome, different chemotherapies, immune therapy turns out to be extremely effective in people with Lynch syndrome. So this may actually affect their treatment for the colon cancer that they actually have. Um, So the patient can benefit both in their treatment and then prevention for future cancers, but then their family members are where we really can save lives because we can diagnose um, their children, you know, anytime after age 18, people can be tested. And if we know somebody has Lynch syndrome, we're going to start that screening test, the colonoscopy around age 20 to 25. If we do that every one to two years, we should be able to remove things as polyps before they ever become cancers. So these are very preventable cancers. The women with Lynch syndrome, after they're done having children, often elect to have a hysterectomy, removing both their uterus and their ovaries and fallopian tubes, eliminating two of the top three cancers, both the uterine and the ovarian cancer risk. So three of the main four cancers are completely preventable by earlier and more frequent colonoscopy and hysterectomies after childbearing. I I think that's a key point because colon cancer is like the fourth or fifth most common cancer. Yes. And I think what I think a lot of people don't know is it starts off as a little polyp, a precancerous polyp, which is just a little pimple or dot in your, in the, in the rectum. Anywhere in the colon. Anywhere in the colon Mm -hmm. that a colonoscopy will detect and then doctor just snips it out. Yes. And and you never get cancer. That's right. And so really any other screening test, um, PSA blood tests, mammograms for breast cancer, their goal is to catch cancers while they're small. They can't prevent the cancer from happening. Colonoscopy is the only screening test that's really a prevention test. As long as we start them early enough and do them frequently enough, we should be able to prevent colon cancer entirely by removing the precancerous polyp before it ever becomes a cancer. It's extremely powerful. So then, that then when you once you have this knowledge and the ability to do this, it sort of becomes obvious that we should test everyone who has colon cancer to see if they have Lynch to not only help them but to detect it in family members so they never get it. But as in many cases, money, uh, information, and desire (laughs) are are the issues. But you are somehow able to overcome all these Mm -hmm. and fund and do a statewide project where you pretty much tested everyone who had colon cancer in Ohio, right? That's right. So, you know, we had uh, this knowledge about Lynch syndrome. We had two great screening tests that could be done on the colon tumors that told us who was more or less likely to have Lynch syndrome. We had proven that it could be done in Columbus, and we had proven that it was pretty darn common. 3% of colon cancer patients had it. Um, So, but we had this group of smaller hospitals that that weren't able to implement it. And so this idea um, came, you know, with Pelotonia being so successful and really um, the James wanting to do something to give back to the entire state of Ohio because we have writers from the whole state, you know, and the entire United States and outside of this country as well, that um, this was the perfect project, really. Having done Columbus could be easily rolled out to the entire state and we could really make a difference. And I think that one of the reasons we were so successful in getting 50 hospitals from around the state of Ohio to actually um, work together on this project, you know, when we might be competitors in the business world, uh, was because we had had such a good track record with the city of Columbus, um, and we weren't stealing the other health system's patients. Um, The patients never leave their home health care system. They're consented there. 
um, their blood sample and their tumor sample were sent to us here for the testing. And the Pelotonia funds pay for the the testing. And then if they tested positive, we made sure they got their um, genetic counseling locally. Uh, We either drove there ourselves, we referred them to a nearby cancer genetic counselor because, of course, we have cancer genetic counselors in Cleveland, Dayton, Toledo, Akron, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Um, Or if they weren't near any of those places, we would do telephone genetic counseling um, so that the patients, um, we made this as easy as possible on the participating hospitals and on the participating patients. So how many people roughly, I know because I know the number keeps changing and growing, but how many people roughly did you, who had colon cancer, did you do the screening for? So we enrolled over 3,300 colon cancer patients from throughout the state of Ohio over a four-year period. So they had to be diagnosed with colon cancer in Ohio from January 1st, 2013 through December 31st, 2016. And we have um, test results on 3,309 of them already. We're going to take a short break and be right back with Heather to learn about the results of the statewide OCCPI Lynch syndrome screening tests. Pelotonia is driven by their vision, a world where we are all healthier and empowered to live our best lives, lives filled with hope and possibility. In only nine years, the Pelotonia community, through their annual cycling event, has raised more than $157 million to accelerate funding for innovative cancer research at the James. The Pelotonia community knows that when we push ourselves, individually and as a community, we can achieve great things. As Pelotonia celebrates their 10th anniversary, Pelotonia wants you to be part of making this vision a reality. To learn how you can get involved, please visit pelotonia.org. That's P-E-L-O-T-O-N-I-A.org. Let's change the world together. We're back with Heather. And Heather, fill us in on what you found from your statewide genetic testing of thousands of colon cancer patients. So um, the first thing we did was that screening test on their tumor, uh, which told us who was more likely to have Lynch syndrome and who was not. And for that, we found that about 16% of the colon cancers in the state of Ohio, which is what we were expecting, were more likely to have Lynch syndrome. And from that group, then there's a second test that's done to tell us whether it's more likely to be hereditary or acquired problems with the Lynch syndrome genes. And so that ruled out some of those patients, leaving about 222 who needed gene testing. And from that, we were able to do a full gene panel on all 222 of those patients. And we found 124 that had Lynch syndrome only, and eight who had Lynch syndrome and a second hereditary cancer syndrome, and then nine who had not Lynch syndrome, but a different hereditary cancer syndrome. Um, And so that was um, much more common than we had even found in the first study because we were doing these panels and finding these other hereditary cancer syndromes as well. So it's almost like an unintended consequence that's positive that you started off looking for Lynch syndrome, you found other genetic hereditary mutations that through increased screening and awareness will help these people detect early. That's right. And in this arm that I'm talking about, of course, most of those patients had Lynch syndrome, but there was a second arm of the study that was equally important. And so this was the patients whose screening test came back that they were unlikely to have Lynch syndrome. 
Historically, we've not been able to do any genetic testing in that group because it's too numerous and too expensive. Um, but one of our labs actually stepped in and donated genetic testing to this study because they were so excited about this power of Pelotonia getting the whole state together. And so for these patients who had normal tumor screening, but they were had a red flag that made us think their cancer might be hereditary. So if they were diagnosed under age 50, if they had had more than one colon or uterine cancer during their lifetime, or if they had a close relative, like a parent or sibling who also had colon or uterine cancer, they then met clinical criteria and actually got gene testing, even though their tumor screening test had come back unlikely to be Lynch syndrome. So in that group, we actually ended up testing another 1,239 colon cancer patients from around the state of Ohio. So their screening test had come back unlikely to have Lynch syndrome, but we didn't like their age or their personal or family history, so we did the gene testing anyway. And here we found another seven patients with Lynch syndrome who had snuck down through that arm of the study. But we found 56 patients who had mutations in other colon cancer genes, so not Lynch syndrome, but maybe a polyposis syndrome that causes too many colon polyps, and 27 who had mutations in genes that haven't been related to colon cancer historically at all. Things like the BRCA1 and BRCA2 breast ovarian cancer genes, we had eight individuals who had mutations in those genes. Wait, this is separate from those two, the initial 222 that you thought were likely to have Lynch. You went back and tested a bigger group that weren't as likely to have Lynch and found what you just said. Exactly. Exactly. And because a lab donated the screening process. That's right. So we essentially doubled our number of positives by doing testing in both the arm that came back more likely to have Lynch syndrome. And it showed that the screening test works. Clearly, most of the Lynch syndrome was in the group that had the screening test come back positive for being more likely to have Lynch syndrome. But I think the take-home message is if you are screening all of your tumors for Lynch syndrome as we think everyone should, and the testing comes back normal, the patient may still need to see us in genetics if they're young or have a strong family history. Another genetic exactly. There's just so many cancer genes now. So now you've you've found all these people with Lynch syndrome and who had colon cancer, you then I'm assuming need to test their uh direct relatives to see if they have it. That's right. That's a really important part of the whole process. In fact, it's what makes the whole thing cost effective. So we call this cascade testing, and we basically follow the mutation through the family. So once we have someone test positive, we'll test any of their brothers and sisters who are at 50% risk, any of their sons or daughters who are over age 18, They're also at 50% risk. And then sometimes we can guess which side of the family it came from. Sometimes it's very obvious. There's a whole bunch of colon and uterine cancer on mom's side, and we know it came from mom. Sometimes we're not sure. There's a little family history on both sides. And so we'll test the parent or both parents, um, whoever's surviving, to try and figure out which side of the family it came from. Once we're sure which side of the family it came from, then you extend the testing to aunts and uncles on that side of the family. And this is where cascade testing can become cost-effective. For example, if you have an aunt who has 10 children, if she tests negative for the family's mutation, you don't need to test her 10 children. If she tests positive, then Then they move to the 50% risk and you test them. And so you're basically following the mutation through the family. Similarly, if some of the brothers or sisters test negative, you don't have to test that brother or sister's children because they won't be at risk. It doesn't skip generations. 
So how many um, relatives did you find that had the Lynch syndrome so that's, who, who'd not yet had colon cancer? That's the part that's still ongoing, but we're over 550 relatives already tested and over 150 additional mutation positive individuals. So here you can see our numbers uh, grow exponentially once we start testing these wow. at-risk family members. Okay. And these are often young, unaffected people who we can prevent from getting cancer in the first place and literally save their lives. And it saves millions, if not billions of dollars in healthcare costs. Absolutely. And the anxiety and stress of having a cancer diagnosis and treatment. Yes, we worked with a health economist, a health economist, and he actually ran some numbers for us and we estimate that we are going to save almost 800 life years or years of life among Ohioans with this study. Um, but moreover, we're going to benefit the society by about $36 million in prevented cancers and people living full lifespans and participating in uh, our community. So the next step seems pretty obvious. Let's do this to every colon cancer patient in the United States. But I have a feeling the reason that it's not being done is also pretty obvious and has to do with money. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a challenge in our healthcare system. Um, interestingly, the um, UK has decided in their national healthcare system that all colon cancer patients will be screened for Lynch syndrome at the time of diagnosis. And in a country with nationalized medicine, with the stroke of a pen, you can affect that change at all of the hospitals. Here we have a different situation, right? We have thousands of independent hospitals that each have to make this decision on their own whether to implement or not. Um, we have shown through OCCPI a model where big hospitals can work together with small hospitals on a statewide basis or regional basis to get this done. And we hope that we've laid a, the groundwork or roadmap for other states to follow. Um, so you think that would be more likely for it to be done on a state or regional basis rather than a national basis just because of the logistics and funding? Exactly. In the United States, I think that's probably more likely to happen. Um, and, and, you know, smaller hospitals often you send out labs for various tests and so they could send out to their nearby larger hospital who performs this in-house, and they can have agreements um, either with the genetic counselors at the larger hospitals, or there are now several telegenetic counseling services to provide that counseling and testing for the patients who, who need that next step. So you can do that over the phone or Correct. video links. Correct. So then they don't have this fear of uh, their patients getting stolen by the larger healthcare system, um, but they're providing the same level of care and service to their patients that the patients who come in the James get. So what did it cost to do the Ohio It costs $4 million. And that was over four years. That's correct. Do you have any sort of sense of what it will cost to do nationally? I, I don't, bec for one reason. I mean, if we were going to pay for the whole thing, I could throw out a number. But I think the issue is that this should all be billed to and paid for by insurance. Right. Uh, this is standard of care now. And so we don't have to pay for these screening tests with um, grant or research money, it could be billed to the patient's insurance and covered like routine health care. Um, and if that screening test comes back abnormal, the patient would meet almost any insurance company's criteria to actually pay for the follow-up genetic counseling so, and testing. And so what we need to do is implement it um, in the real world setting, billing insurance like it should be. Well, give me a sense of how many people 
this would impact? Like how many people a year are diagnosed with colon cancer, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 136,000 people every year diagnosed with colon cancer. And our, our latest number from OCCPI, if you add up all of those various figures I, I threw out earlier, is 4% due to Lynch syndrome. So that's so, a little over 4,000 people every year yes. could be diagnosed, have Lynch syndrome, and, and would be diagnosed with it if there was a national program. And they would then have... Uh, approximately um, six other relatives per patient that we could test and three additional positives per patient. And so I've done the math on it. And if we did every single colon and uterine cancer patient in the United States, we could diagnose 21,000 people with Lynch syndrome every year, every year. And which s- is remarkable because we estimate there's about 1.2 million people with Lynch syndrome in the United States. But here's the, here's the sad news. 95% of them aren't aware of their diagnosis. And so starting be, at 20 some thousand a year is a great way to get started. And so these million plus people should be getting screenings yep. that could prevent them from ever getting colon or and other kinds of cancer. And no they have idea. no idea. Wow. That, so that's your motivation to champion this cause, I Absolutely. take it. Absolutely. Drives me every day. Wow. Well, let's hope someone listening uh, also starts <laughs> driving. <laughs> that would be great. Okay. Well, thanks, Heather. This, again, this is your second time on the podcast, and both times it was really informative and showed us a path forward. I mean, it seems like cancer genetic screening and counseling 10, 20, 40 years from now, it's going to be like a, a routine part of your yearly physical where you're going to get this multi panel screening and genetic testing, and we're going to know so much more and prevent so much more cancers and other diseases. I agree completely. I think we'll probably start with cancer patients, uh, and then we'll move to healthy adults. And um, you're absolutely right. This at, at the kind of numbers we're talking, this is a public health issue. And it's something that I think once most people realize how common it is, and how actionable it is, I think this is something we really need to sort of get a handle on. Why does someone have to get cancer? before we make the diagnosis, can we start pushing that back and diagnosing healthy 18-year-olds so that you know ahead of time and we can keep that first cancer from happening at right. all? And, and you've, as you mentioned previously, the BRCA, the mm-hmm. breast cancer genetic mutation, and the Lynch uh, syndrome genetic mutation are by far the two most common, but I'll bet you more are being and going to be discovered and there'll be more and more ways to prevent more and more cancers or catching them early. So it's, uh, this is the future. It is. And we're at the tip of the iceberg. Wow. That, that's amazing. And that means that we're going to have to have you back on the podcast in the future so you can tell us about all these great things that are going to happen. But for now, unfortunately, our time is over. So Heather, I just wanted to thank you again for being our guest on the James Cancer Free World podcast. And this podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.